Ready? You know, every episode, um, Mega Man's dying. <laughs> what? <laughs> that sound effect. Oh. <laughs> it's a Mega Man dying. Yeah, yeah. And then Yoshi's had. like, hey, what's going on? Good thing he formed lots of lives on the freaking just, Metal he just, Man stage. He uh, spawns back as Yoshi. Dang. That's what it is. It's an endless loop. Yoshi to Mega Man, Mega Man to Yoshi. Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. We're a video game music podcast. This is episode 31-7, and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week, we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And you just made me sad to realize that apparently, mm. like, even as like, y'all like Mega Man and Yoshi, and I'm like, <laughs> I just thought, like, man, I wonder if they've ever worked together. And I was like, you know, Mega Man came in one game after the Subspace Emissary for Super Smash Bros this brawl if he was in before that he could have been a part of that whole story that would have been awesome to see but alas we got sonic who i've been building at the i've end. been playing smash brothers with my uh, nephews really i am really bad at that game but i say stay that way because i need to be better i'm so bad i'm so so bad i played i, I was just there's like this enormous roster of characters and i'm like ooh, sonic the hedgehog and of course they pick a stage that's like super tiny and he just runs so fast. He just kept running off the stage over and over. He's again. really hard to use. Honestly. He's really hard. So, um, I think I just chose Pikachu and 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 got my Pikachu. Pikachu. And Pikachu's a jerk too. But I can. But at the same time, he's easier to control. <laughs> oh, I say I say he's a jerk because he's actually he does damage. Like people, oh, okay. have, I remember people were using him well. I'm not sure what is how he compares now in the mega roster. But mm. back in the days of like, you know, again, Brawl and Melee, he was good. But um, I, I, I picked Mega Man one, one point and I was like, oh, it's Mega Man. And they said, how do you know Mega Man? And I was like, all right, kids, <laughs> gather around the fire, kids. We got, we got some stories <laughs> to tell. Got a narrative. All right. As you can hear, we have a very special guest on this show. And his name is Rage Cage from the new podcast, The VG Emporium. How you doing, AJ slash Rage Cage? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just really psyched to be here with you guys. I can actually see your faces. I'm actually getting to talk with you instead of just texting. Oh no, where'd Pernell go? Facebook. Oh, oh no. Facebook magic. <laughs> oh no. Oh, there he is again. Okay. Holy crap. That was uh, okay for 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 those listening to the podcast audio only. That was Pernell playing Peekaboo. <laughs> I see you. Peekaboo. I see you, <laughs> and I know what you do. I hope not because that's. I mean, well, I, I know, not of, really. I play a lot of video games. That's about the gist. Of it. <laughs> I feel like I got two pronouns in the room now. <laughs> Hey, I think well, it bounces. I kind of, I kind of think of myself more maybe like a mix of you and Pernell. I was you about know, to I say like I, quiet, I can be kind of calm and quiet, but then I can get big and ridiculous, you know. Well, I mean, you get a little bit. I'm of, a multi. I'm a multi-tool. Well, you got a little bit of both going there. Like you have the like you and Rob are more in tune with like the music taste and whatnot, but then you're more in tune with me with the volumetric levels. Yeah. So it balances out. <laughs> get it? Balance. I can get, <laughs> I can get pretty bonkers. And oh, pretty balanced. I'm say, a balanced bonkers boy. If you weren't, your topic choice would make zero sense. So right. I feel like <laughs> that's a good thing that you are because it's, it's synonymous with what we know as the rage cage and that topic being, what was it, uh, wacky or weird? What was the words you wanted I, to I use? I wrote down wacky. Wacky tunes. That's, yeah. that's important to me that it was wacky and not weird. Wacky ass tunes is what I put down. <laughs> there it is. See? We needed you to say it because you, you had the emphasis. You had the oomph. 
that yeah. extra special punch. Also, I, I, I can't pronounce not allowed to say the A word. The last time he did, he oh. had the timeout. I said apricot oh, all the no. time, as much as I want, okay? <laughs> apples, apples, apples. Well, I can't say that word. Applesauce. That, that has been banned. Ascot. Ascot. <laughs> Fedora. Oh, good well, lord. Uh, before we jump oh. into our, our topic, um, AJ, why don't you tell um, our listeners about your new show a little bit? Oh yeah, so yeah, so I'm AJ Reyes, uh, Rage Cage, known as online. I run the v- I run VG Emporium, uh, video game music and more podcast with an exclamation point. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of sharing. So far, the past episodes I've done of kind of sharing like music I've been listening to for the last few years that I just wanted to talk about, and I kind of lean more towards the obscure side. You know, some collectors show up, but they mostly show up as remix form. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just I've just got I just. I don't really have much anybody to talk to about it and I'm really shy online so just being able to kind of just talk at a mic and just put it out there mm-hmm. is kind of actually therapeutic so I understand yeah, yeah I'll tell you one thing too like just from personal experience and I'm, I'm betting you it's happening to you over time too the therapeutic thing is 100% true but there's another aspect of it that comes to light too I'm not the most confident socially in general it always takes something specific to put me in that like okay i can i can stand up like i can peacock because there's a need for it right now but when it comes to like confidence in my words and my beliefs and my thoughts there's something about broadcasting it that makes you more confident almost as if you have to be like let's say for example you do an episode of your show I'm making this up. You just be like, you know, yeah, we have a track from Final Fantasy VIII here in the in the VG Emporium. Personally, I think this game is a pile of crap, but the track is great. And then someone comes at you like, what the heck are you talking about? What are you talking about? You saying Final Fantasy VIII is bad? VG Emporium, what's your deal? And you might be like, you know, no, I don't I'm know not saying been... that at all. Oh, no, no, no. You will say, I like, did, no, I, I no, do say that. I, yeah, I know, I know. You got to back it. Like, no, <laughs> no. I said it. Is that wrong with me saying it? And I can't back out. I mean, it's literally recorded. You can play it back whenever you want. So, everybody, I'm entitled to how I feel. Though, um, I did play through it. I enjoyed it. Though, um, unfortunately, it froze at the moment, like at the CG, like, you know, at the FMV move, movie moment. At where the they're getting end, launched though? into space. Oh, that's the, like when the, that's the best part so when of the, the pod, game. So when the pod hits like the 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 cushion thing, mm-hmm. it just stuck. Oh, that sucks. Because even though I have my gripes about could, that game, I can never play. That's like the part of the game I actually do like. Oh, right. where you're in <laughs> yeah, space, so I, you're running the from part the part where they got all like shot the weird the thing. You know, I had gone, <laughs> yeah. I had gotten the seed ship, got flown around, like harvested all the all the Ultima I could. Like I just found like this one spot where Ultima spawned, and I could just draw it as much as I wanted. And then, of course, just that one moment, hit the cushion, and it just wouldn't go. I let it sit for maybe 30 minutes, and it just didn't do nothing. You know what? Say what you want about the digital age of video game and video, and video game streaming. We don't have to have that problem anymore. What? Games freezing and skipping? That's, yeah, That yeah. still happens. CDs that are scratched and aren't doing anything. Oh, that part, yeah. yeah. Exactly, but yeah. but files corruption still happens. Oh, that's still And also, yeah, file, oh, like games, even that aren't corrupted, just poorly optimized games are like, oh, it just froze. That's great. Yeah, my, uh, my copy of Bloodstained on the PS4 froze many times. There it is. Although, it, in some cases, helped me beat bosses. <laughs> if the boss can't move, oh, technically, I did win because I didn't lose. It just kind of happened <laughs> yeah, that way. Um, I will yeah, say I do, that, that... I do yeah. miss... Oh. No, I'm yeah, I do say miss the I, days. You do on no. the VGM program, too, lots of um, very... Uh, uh, um, 
What's the word rare, you're looking rare for? Rare rare tunes, so like like more more obscure? obscure obscure tunes because based on your picks today, like I didn't know about about one of these games and it really blew me away. And I've intentionally gone in blind. I did catch a glimpse of one, though I don't remember what the game was or the title. I just remember one word from the title which kind of jogged my memory for one of my picks, which no is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know I'm, I'm probably I'm probably going to dork out on him on him a little bit on you, so, you know, Hey, we're going to judge you here. I'm really excited about that. That's that's what this <laughs> that this is a safe space to dork out on oh, some yeah. music. Would you some, imagine yeah. this as he comes on he's like, "I go to talk about this game I really love because I like, look here Rage Cage. We got to let you know that enthusiasm is way too high. We're we're a pretty <laughs> we're a rather <laughs> we're a mute broadcast. Oh, you got to tone down. I mean, oh, Rob's wife literally just said, "Turn out, you're too loud. Calm down. We're going to tell you not to dork out." <laughs> Come on. Oh, jeez. You can. Yeah, do no, it. I can't. I can't. I can't help it. You know, it's like my ten years as a as an open mic host is just you know mm. coming out. Oh wow! All, that, all that. All that. All that. All that. Uh, you know, just that. Crazy well, you gotta. Well, you confidence. gotta. Well, you gotta parse it out. You don't want to let it go too much because at that point you'll just have oh, this I big know. burst, and then that like the forty minute mark of the show, like, oh guys. Oh man, no! I can um, keep going. I'm I, I have. Hey, I'm a man that is able to throw a was able to throw a 30 pound backpack on my back and walk for maybe good eight hours from six to wherever for like I don't know how many miles. Okay, oh, you, you can't just stop with that just, statement. Just to host an open mic? You ain't lying. You're putting a lot <laughs> no, of no, 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 no. I no, I hosted an open mic up and but down. I, in uh, back in twenty back in 2014, oh. I backpacked across the country for oh. about six months. What? Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, and actually, uh, I was in Delaware for like barely like a third of a day. Yeah, so, like you didn't I, spend had, long I had started. Here. No one does. I had started in Baltimore, <laughs> rode a bus. Walked in Delaware and then caught a train to Philadelphia, to Pennsylvania. Yeah, so is it Philadelphia? Yeah, it's Philadelphia's in Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what you're basically saying is that you now have a podcast uh, episode theme for VG Emporium. You know, tracks the backpack too that you have available. Yeah, for well, purchase. I was I was planning on doing that. I was going to go in back and kind of look at tracks that I listened to during my trip because mostly what I listened to was like BGM, like, you know, using the modizer to listen to like all those original files <laughs> or SoundCloud, which like, you know, I find like, you know, of course, people making chip tunes or digital fusion or all the, you know, crazy fun stuff like that. So yeah. there's a lot of good yeah. stuff on SoundCloud. I, and still, like, oh, I feel yeah. like the, 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 the 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 landscape of SoundCloud has changed a whole lot recently, especially in like the last yeah. like five years or so. But there's still a lot of really interesting original stuff oh, yeah. being put out there. I mean, it's kind of, it's really cool because you know people like you know just put stuff up there and like they're not looking to get an audience or do anything. They're just making music and slapping it up there because they just they just want to. Yeah, it's free and it's a great and way you, to and, share it. Yeah, you just got to deal with the ads. <laughs> yeah. Peloton, let's go Peloton family. That didn't used to be like ages ago. I used to I used to use SoundCloud all the time because there were no ads. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It's the way of the and world. It actually had a function. The app, the app had a function where you could actually record yourself. Like you could actually. Oh really? You know, it had an option to record yourself and then upload that. Wow. So I recorded a couple of beatboxes with that. Nice. And then they took that away. And same with commenting. They took away commenting and everything for a while, and then they brought it back. But yeah, it's not that. as robust as it was. So but, when you yeah. comment on a on a track, you can actually comment specifically like on the on the mark, like on the time mark on yeah. the song. So everyone, yeah, everyone like, can be like, oh, like, the beat drop is amazing. <laughs> I do remember seeing yeah. that kind of stuff on there. Now I think about it, yeah, like people would comment but, on you know, that was the a, SoundCloud tracks. But yeah, like that was like the app, like the mobile app and stuff. You know, desktop version. You know, of course, is always got everything going on. Yeah, lucky boys, lucky well, lucky. Well, let's get into some music. 
We okay. are getting ready. This is our, our wacky tunes with Rage Cage. So why don't you Howdy. why don't you hit us off? All right. So am I gonna choose? Can I choose which one we start with here? Um, either one. Or do you have one? Do you have one? Uh, queued up? No, it's all up to you. So anything. But oh, okay. The bonus round. Yeah. All right. So so we're gonna start off here with a uh, shop from Illusion City from the MSX Two Plus, uh, composed by uh, Yaki. What is it? Yuki Hara, Orita. Oh, I wrote this out weird. <laughs> now you're now you're Tarihiro definitely a part Nita of the community. And, y- and uh, Yasufumi Fukuda. Congratulations, you're officially a podcaster. <laughs> oh yay! You're listening to the shop music from the game Illusion City from the MSX2 Plus computer system composed by Tadahiro Nita, Yuki Haru Urita, and Yasufumi Fukuda. And this is a very, it's odd, but amazingly compelling track. I think it's because of that driving beat. That beat just drives the entire tune. I'm actually a fan of this track. So good. For a second. It's like that. It's that. You said it's a shop theme? Yeah. That part it's right there. I can kind of see a like a vendor, like a shop concept here. It's so weird. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that, it's like, that punch. There's like a marimba section, like in the middle, and then it doesn't come back again. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's, it's, that, it's that it's that punchy snare. You know, it's like that. Yeah, it's a like that snare is like a combination of like three different channels, all just like you know that. I don't know. It's so good. So oh, dork out a bit on this track because honestly, All right. this is the yeah. first time I've like this is one of those tracks where I don't know anything about the game. Or dork, out, dork out on the track, then I'm gonna dork out on that snare because I have a lot of technical information on <laughs> snare drums from the 1990s. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. So, all right. So yeah. So this game, Illusion City, is a uh, is an RPG that was made for the MSX. So it was only released in Japan. There's recently, I think there is an English patch translation out there. I actually played it. Or tried to play it. It wasn't very, you know, all the way complete. I think they've completed it now, but um, it's a really interesting game. It's like uh, set in China, like in Hong Kong, in the future after like a huge, massive war. So it's all like you know, really dark, gritty cyberpunk setting. Yeah, it's got that sound and, uh, to it, like cyberpunk and, uh, China. Yeah, yeah, cyberpunk Hong Kong, and wow. but it has like this really awesome like opening sequence. Like you know, it's like a actual cinematic opening. And uh, you know, shows like all these like ships and stuff going on, and then and then uh, there's a second, you know, like story opening, and then there's a second opening where it's just like a bunch of scenes of like you see the main character kind of walking down the street. There's like a like a police ship kind of coming down with the lights flashing and everything, Ooh. and then like there's a part where like this mutant creature comes out and tries to jump at him, and you he draws the gun and it does like all these cuts and everything, and it's just the whole. I've never actually like you haven't actually played it all the way through, but um, 
yeah, it's just, uh, I think, um, I want to say Pixelated Audio also did a whole episode on the soundtrack and talking oh. about the game and everything. Wow. So it's, uh, you know, really, really good to, I would suggest checking that out if you want to know more about it. Yeah, I'll have to look but, at that um, because this is so, like, the music is so fascinating to me that I can imagine yeah, what, no, the, what the, the, the tone of the game is like, too. Yeah, and then, yeah, the music is made with um, the YM2413 uh, FM sound chip and then also has the AY3891 or 8190 PSG sound chip. So that's, like, kind of... So most of the music and tones or stuff are all FM, like, 2-op FFM. And then that snare you're talking about. Yeah. That there's a combination of an FM channel, like, you know, kind of, like, more like a noise kind of FM and then there's a, like a pulse and a noise from the AY chip just like oh nice and then that combination just like those three together just like gives it that I don't know it's just every time you say I'm AY, just so fascinated by it I just want A1 steak sauce <laughs> A1 steak sauce every time you say oh, AY I'm no, like I'm A1. sorry for now it's okay I ate a bowl of vegetables and I'm like I really want some meat <laughs> so A1 meat. steak sauce so a big thing with uh, snare drums in the 90s and then in the late 80s too was they used a um with the drum machines, they would use a, a technique called a gated a gated reverb on the on the snare drum. So it would be the snare drum plus a reverb, right? And the reverb okay. would be added on top of that, but they would gate it, which means they would chop it right when the snare drum would end. So it would sound like you'd have like a drum snare drum with an extra like reverb drum on top of that, and that sound extra extra big. That's why if you ever listen to like classic uh, like Madonna or like Janet Jackson, like the snare drums are like pow pow pow. They're super super heavy. Yeah. But unfortunately, it doesn't, if you, not like, like a ray of light, it doesn't count for Madonna. In that no, 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 no. That's not classic enough. <laughs> that, that's when she was like, you know, I'm going to do like a ravey tune. And I love that song. I was, that's like my favorite Madonna song. It's, Haters can hate all they want. That's but the, no, no, What's the song from um, A League of Their Own? That one's really good. Wait, that was, I forgot that was my, yeah. it used to be, a, that was a great song. It used song, to be my playground. Oh, I can't so call good. it my favorite because so it makes good. me cry. And I shouldn't. Like, no. that was a period in life where, like, I'm not much of a crier, but. There are these things where it's like, that's the problem when you're not much of a crier. When you actually do, oh, it feels like a foreign you. activity. And like <laughs> watching the end of A League of Their Own and that track starts to play, like, what the, what is this? Oh, what is man. this wave? <laughs> what are these feelings? I don't understand. <laughs> and the thing about it, like, it's not even a sad ending. It's just like these like ladies get together after many years. Yeah. Some of them have died. Some of them are just exceptionally old. And they're just like, we remember playing baseball. Yeah. And the song is perfectly suited for the scene. It's like the it's emotional. Best. It's like the best baseball movie. Yes, it but is. But my favorite Madonna song has got to be um, Like a Prayer. I love that song. That's a good song, too. That's a good one. Do you have a favorite Madonna song, AJ? I have a favorite uh, parody of a Madonna song. <laughs> you, I bet you know what it is. I think I do. <laughs> Like a surgeon, <laughs> I heard was cutting that for the color? very first was that time. Weird Al? That was Weird Al. Like yeah. a surgeon. <laughs> weird Al was a fantastic. Is actually oh, yeah. a fantastic. Musician. He's really good. He's. I mean, really did you hear that he's uh, he's going to be doing a biopic movie with oh, Daniel Radcliffe playing him? I can't him. wait for that. That's going to be so awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's going to be. Weird Al is a fantastic. But, he's like one of the only oh, people yeah. I've seen live as a musician. You have? I've seen oh, Weird yeah. Al live. Uh, yeah. I got in trouble. See I actually, I, worth oh, it. Wait, did you see him down in Wilmington? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not down down in the but I, that, I was at the he uh, was at the riverfront. Riverfront. Yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, actually, I actually, that's it. Yeah, I actually got to see a Weird Al um, not performing, but it was like an interview with uh, somebody from G4 TV in oh. San Francisco back in 2010. Hmm. Like I was just walking through, uh, like in San Francisco, and like the I think it's called like North. Harbor, I can't remember, but it's like the Italian section area, and then there was like a comedy club there that had just in big red letters, Weird Al. So I just, I just Man, he went must in. Be really and, weird. <laughs> yeah, 
Weird Al. So yeah, it was just like it was a it was like uh just almost a dream come true because I you know like I said I didn't get to see him perform but just hearing him talk and just be himself he was just all like kind of like weird like sitting on the chair with his legs up on the, like his feet yeah. up on the chair as well so and he's all scrunched though, up and everything. I feel like deep down in a sense when it comes to musicians I'd almost and not not, not all the time but many times especially someone like Weird Al I'd actually prefer to see them just as a speaker because yeah even growing up and even I think now. I've never been much for live performances, per se. Like, I came to learn later that the joy of a live music performance isn't the music so much as just the wave of energy that the music gives off. Like, you just yeah. feel like you're in a different place at that time. Mm. But as far as just the general music goes, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I can listen to the music wherever. But if I really respect an artist and I'm interested in what they do, I actually wouldn't mind hearing what they have to say. Oh, they, don't, sure. they don't have to be a proficient yeah. speaker or a prolific speaker. Yeah. I just want them to be like, hey... Like we're doing on this show right now, like so, we got you in the VGM. <laughs> like you just want to learn these facets about yeah. a person, these facts about a person. And yeah, I, mean, I get things. that too. But there's something about a live performance that we're like, it's not pre-recorded. Like it can just fall off the rails at any time. You know, oh, that can be and, pretty. And, and it's not like watching a major league baseball game where no one's going to make any mistakes. It's like watching a college football game where someone's going to do some silly, you know, maneuver and like you would never see ever. <laughs> it's just like. It's just some anything can happen during a live performance, and I really I, I enjoy that. They could play two songs instead of one, or or maybe they'll they'll forget the chorus, you know, or maybe the lead singer is drunk and he's going to sing like a different song than everybody else. Oh, like, I would love all to sorts of stuff gonna, can happen, or he's yeah. just going to like throw himself all over the stage and get the bass player just upset. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> or to have an impromptu Which game I have of baseball, or like in um, what was that movie with Tom Hanks? Uh, that thing you do. I thought you were going to say, what's the movie Tom Hanks? Oh, the League of Their Own. Yeah, that time. When they, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the Tom Hanks podcast. You know, where the drummer like comes in too fast and that creates the pop song. Uh-huh. Um, have you seen that movie? No, but I like the idea of that being a thing that creates a song unprompted. The entire movie is about one song <laughs> being played over and over again. And it's that thing you do. It's that thing you do. It's a, They're the one-hit wonders. Um all right, so this is not a one-hit wonder. We're going on to Purnell. That's a terrible segue. <laughs> All right, well, I have you know I'm a two-hit wonder. I make some really good <laughs> strawberry cookies. Um, that's, Ooh, that's right. Yeah, white chocolate chip and strawberry cookies. They're banging. Um, this track I'm comes. Get thams. <laughs> this track actually is the track that I I we'll figure out what track you played from your list later, AJ, regarding this. But that was inspired by that naming. This comes from the game Breath of Fire 4, and the track is just called A Man, and this was on the PS1, and it's composed by Yoshino Aoki and Taro Iwashiro, though I think it's actually just Yoshino Aoki, but, you know, composers...
<laughs> like a weird like variation on like a wipeout or something. Yeah, it is. Welcome back. You're listening to A Man from the game Breath of Fire 4 on the PS1, composed by Yoshino Aoki and possibly Taro Iwashiro. Um, so, Breath of Fire 4, when we talk about the idea of like wacky tracks or wacky jams, like I was bouncing between like wacky games and wacky music and games. Mm. And I was a legitimately, sh- I was legitimately shocked that I have never played this track and also my next track even. I've never played them on the show before because I have a fondness for them dating back decades. Um, this one in particular is in the game Breath of Fire 4. I have never beaten that game proper. And there's a lot about the game that I've forgotten over the years. I intend to go back and play through it again because generally whenever I hook up my PS1 or PS2 again, Breath of Fire 4 ends up being that game I put in and say, I wonder if my save file's still there. <laughs> and of course it is. I'm on, this, I'm on the ghost ship, by the way, for those who are wondering. Um, so... But I want to. But as far as this track goes, I have a genuine fondness for it because it's freaking ridiculous as far as the yeah, the weird scream that happens in it. It has a cool like energy to it, and it's, it plays for one of the silly characters in the game. <laughs> um, his name is Khan. He's like a really buff, just like fighter. And his oh. belief is that he's like the strongest fighter in the world. <laughs> so when you first come across him, he's a bodyguard. He's working as a bodyguard, and you have to take him out. And he comes up flexing on you. And, of course, yeah. he doesn't hold up at all. And then you see him again later on, like this random town you don't expect to see him in. And he helps, he, pr- he gets to another fight with you. And you steamroll him again. And then, like, if I remember correctly, like, he's kind of dejected at this point. He's like, Dan. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like Dan. He's Dan Hibiki. <laughs> but, like, he's just like, he's just like, a, and, like, he has, like, a profile image, which I, start, I, I actually didn't realize until I looked it up <laughs> and you get nostalgic for it. Like, he has a profile image where, like, when you beat him, like, he's, like, missing a tooth. <laughs> it's like it's just like they just went a little bit extra to say oh, you beat the it. crap out of this guy. But this track is just so good, and I felt like it felt the wacky theme just because again, <laughs> yeah, random just like scream that I love that. Just thought to put in there. Yeah, I think we need to like kind of go back and like hear that scream again. It's only it doesn't like play again. It only plays at the very beginning of the <laughs> not, it. Comes in like one more time because there's also a wahaha. Oh, like man. it happens twice. Like it's like, doesn't it? Yeah, there's the first scream. And there's like a sort of laugh. Yeah, that. <laughs> there it is. And then like further, it's like, and also, and you don't know where it happens, but it happens further into the song. It's like, well, there's another screen. And it's just, it's just like this energy. Yeah. Again, it's like, like that beginning loop. It's not even like a tense battle. It's not an aggressive battle. It's like a wild battle where you're just like running around with guitars and bats and traffic cones. And you're just like slapping each other silly until <laughs> someone passes out. Yeah, because that game actually is not very light at all. It's not lighthearted, but the con battles are pretty lighthearted. Mm. And it's just such a... I love it. And I, 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 I was talking about this actually with a guy, with a friend of mine today, it's believe just, it or not. It's just the weird is, timing like, of it all. And uh, the reason why the topic came up because he was bringing up the game Shadow Madness. Does either you, know, you, just, you guys know what that game is? It's there to kind of lighten, lighten things up. Today for some reason. It was like... You know? It's getting a PC release. PC release. That's what no, it was. Oh, no. Shadow Madness was a game Uh that got released in like 1999. It was designed by, I want to say it was by some like either some X Square guys or just some, they were X guys from some famous RPG studio. And they were trying to make their take on like a big budget Uh RPG or just like a newfangled RPG. And imagery made it look like it it could be interesting. And I was intrigued by the plot. And of course, I was just burning money like candy back then for every game that hit the shelf. So of course, I bought it. And you couldn't, I couldn't return it to EB fast enough. 
Absolutely. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, God. That game was rough for me. But, of course, then the friend was like, no, this game is a lot better than people give it credit for. Everything else is just people people being jerks about it. I'm like, no. My memory may not be the best. I may be an old man, but I know that I aggressively (laughs) returned that game to the store. So it wasn't necessarily that I had just different opinions or whatever. No, this game had some roughness. And with that in mind... We got, we got to get like you know over games that we quote unquote feel are overrated, you know. And I say quote because obviously it's all in the mind of the beholder. Mm-hmm. I, I could say a game's overrated, you'd be like no crap, you. This game is great. You shut up, and we'd both be right. Um, but like it also got the idea in my head of you know my RPGs from that era just felt like they Bunky had a certain on, yeah. spark to them that I feel like a lot of companies are trying their darndest to just recreate, and they can't quite. Do it. Yeah, you might still get an RPG that's like this game is really good, or this game really make I had enjoyed I enjoyed all fifty hours or whatever. But even having those experiences, I have uh-huh. trouble finding games that really kick in and make me go, yeah, "This weird con guy," <laughs> you know. And I love the music that plays for him. It's like it's like a special energy that I only get from games that came out back what, then. What, what is it though? There's so many. If you're saying there's so many developers out there trying to recreate this 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 magic of the RPGs from like the late '90s, mm-hmm. like, do you think just and just because they're trying, do you think it's 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 good, or uh, do you think like no one's really succeeding? Um, I don't know if necessarily they're not succeeding because someone else could play it and be like, "Perno, you're crazy. I'm fine with this." Mm-hmm. But to give you an example, uh, Kimco is a studio that was around back in the day. Yeah, but. Now they're in a, they're out, but they're making they're in an abundance making an abundance for like these like random like RPGs that they were originally releasing on cell phones with like another Ooh, company yeah. called X Create. I know that one. And now they're putting them on like modern consoles, and they're all just like these like sixteen bit RPG templates. Like remember that game you liked on the Super Nintendo was back, but Kimco made it, and it's just cookie again cookie cutter crap. Like they try to hit all the tropes, but there's no heart. Hmm. Um, but by that same I, token, I reviewed a game, I guess, a week oh, or two man. ago, and I was actually hoping to bring up a, a track from it if I could find the OST before the 4 in February or whatever, oh. um, called Rise of the Third Power. And even though that one still didn't have any moments where I was like, man, I'm getting the vibe, I'm getting the con vibe, I'm just going to call it that for this moment, yeah. get the con vibe, I did feel like they did a good job of trying to like get that vibe back. Like The guy started making it in like RPG Maker back <laughs> in like 2011, mm. and he finally finished it like well in the last year or so and it has that 16-bit rpg gr- oh, graphical vibe the battle system's pretty nifty um i the n- can't see it <laughs> oh man i uh, got i've got my screen all down and dim and i can't see it from this angle oh. <laughs> but, we, but um yeah. we'll, we'll bring it uh, up Bernal, you, you mentioned kemco and it, that automatically sparked uh, deja vu on the nes oh, see, that was when kemco was in this park when they were doing the goodness to like they were mocking back then. yeah they made good I, games. I know, like, and depending on how like, you yeah, talk to, they didn't actually making... make it. I think they ported it. Like, ah. They ported it from the Apple II. Oh wow! But, um, yeah, so the yeah, no, I, that game was like one of the um, the old Apple. What are they? What are they called? Hypercard? Hypercard games? Yeah, I think it was like a hypercard game, and it was yeah. like one of the first like games that had like a point and click interface, like actually menu interfaces that like you know you could go through and play it. I I just remember it because um, I don't know how or why I got it. I just played it, and the music is what caught me. Also, it's just that really nice, smooth kind of like '30s noir kind of like you know, smoky like that. Yeah. It got me. I just realized something too, which is kind of scary Whoa. in its own right. This is old man thought, mind you. But so I'm here making this whole diatribe about not quite getting the '90s vibe going again. 
I wonder if 20 <laughs> years from now, if we're still standing, mind you, if there are going to be people <laughs> having this exact same conversation. Oh. Like, man, I can't quite find games that hit that 2020s vibe. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Barbecues were a special vibe. thing back then. Or more likely, they're going to be like, oh, remember back in 2020 when we were obsessed with the 90s? What was wrong with those people? <laughs> those Gen Xers wouldn't let it's their games be. go. Nor should we, because they're the best, baby. <laughs> I mean, we laid on the table, though. And this is a this is a fact. I don't think anyone could dispute, even in later generations. I make this comment all the time about movies and even about games, which is that everything's been done before. It's just a matter of yep. how you can make it look that fits your standard yeah. or how to tweak the plot just enough that it feels new. But back then in the yeah. 90s, that was truly the time where the technology was just right, just new and just right, that in a sense, nothing had been done before. So uh-uh. even though you could say this narrative could have been written in a book somewhere, you can't say you played Final Fantasy VI and had played a game like it before that. And no, Final Fantasy IV doesn't count. It's not the same. Like, these games uh-uh. genuinely felt new. Yeah. There was nothing like them. And even now, you got games coming out like, man, it's kind of like Chrono Trigger. Or they're chasing the high. Like, man, I want a game that's like Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger came out in, like, 96, and we're still chasing that high. Like, you can't. You yeah. can't. Like, yeah. You can't amazing. recreate that, that perfect little capsule that is Chrono Trigger. You really can't. Which is a very though, um, perfect little capsule. <laughs> yeah, though um, I, the first time I got to play that was uh, through the uh, Final Fantasy uh, Chronicles PS1 game. Me With too. Load times. You know what? It still holds up. It's just the I'll load times are the only it. rough part. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, not having any reference for the cartridge game, no problem for I me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking <laughs> uh-huh. this. Like re- it's like I'd rather have something than nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, I mean, at the same time, you also got the FMV videos, which the SNES cart did not have. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those full-on Toriyama animations, man. Mm-hmm. Were very, that was very good cool. stuff. Yeah, those were super cool. And, um, I mean, at the same time, like, around that era, era, I was playing Skies of Arcadia on the Dreamcast. So I was putting oh, up nice. with... I was putting up with um, all sorts of, not just load times, but just random battles that were just... Yeah, that game oh, was terrible for oh, wasting geez. your time. It was a shame. Like, I loved <laughs> that game, but it I wasted still, your time. I don't know why. I, it, it knew how to... Yeah, it came out at a very good time in my life when I had zero things going on, and I wasn't feeling great about myself, so I was just like, I'm going to put all my time into this game. <laughs> it's like that's the thing yeah, about I video it. games too. Like, and I, I, I have friends who deal with a lot of hardcore depression. I have friends who are dealing with some lot of stress. Heck, I'm dealing with stress. And I always say something that tends to get you going, at least for a bit. There's something about the game, like the right games, generally RPGs more so. I will say, where they just draw you into this like excellent narrative. You feel like you're a bit of a hero. Sometimes you can be a heel, but most of the time you're written to be a kind of a hero. And just for that period of time, you're engaged in the battle systems, the mechanics, this crazy narrative. You want to see who gets here, who meets up with who, who saves who, who rescues what. It's just, it's perfect. Especially like you just said, like it was a bad time, but the video game yeah. made it right. And the, 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 the repetitive na- nature of, of the battles really helped me out. But let's let's keep the repetitive nature of our show <laughs> continuing. <laughs> um, so this is a this is a really actually one of the most underrated RPGs of the NES era. Earthbound. It's a uh, Hanna Barbera's Wacky Races. <laughs> Holy jeez! Oh man, my my friend I have at work, uh, my buddy Matt. Not yeah, and I told him about yeah. the theme that we had chosen for this for the show, <laughs> yeah. and he asked me, "Has there been ever been any Wacky Races games?" So we looked it up and we found the Dreamcast game. 
But then he kept looking and he found the NES soundtrack and we actually started listening to that. <laughs> it's really good. It's really, really good. This I know, I know that intro. Like, well, it's it was published by Atlas. Yeah, so published what by, do you expect? Published by Atlas. Um, when I first heard it, I thought it was an, um, a Western composer, but no, it's composed by Hidehito Aoki for the NES. This is Wacky Races Stage 3. Listening to stage three from the game Wacky Races for the NES, composed by Hidehito Aoki, published by Atlas. This is a this is a jam. This is a straight up NES jam. I I'm love st- it. I'm still laughing at the fact that you ran with this. It's an RPG, and for a yeah. split second, I was like, <laughs> "They made a Wacky Races RPG, or is Rob not playing this straight?" I absolutely did. No, I, this is my first time watching gameplay of it right now. Uh, no, you're right. You you play as Dast- uh, no Mutley. You play yeah, as Mutley, the, the laughing dog, the laughing dog. Yeah, <laughs> I did the laugh. I heard you. I heard you go with the laugh. Um, but no, it's this music uh. is very um, David Wise. I think uh, uh, AJ said during the break. Um, definitely feels like David Wise, but also has a bit more of that kind of um, oh, that that really strong melody that a lot of like Konami yeah. Konami composers like Mega Man, mm-hmm. you know, like those yeah, uh, yeah kind of like those those delayed kind of melodies. You know, like one channel going and then the other one kind of slightly volume down and yeah, playing after it. Yeah, David then, Wise did also that has a lot like, too. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, he wags his tail the float. That's so cute. Oh, like, oh no. <laughs> I, feel I like, can't see it. Oh, you know, one geez. day what we're going to do is a maybe it'll be like a fun thing to do like on the summer. Like the, the days of platforming or something. Like, you know, days of thunder, but days of platformers. It's like come up with a bunch but of. Just, <laughs> but just don't do it for the whole summer. You guys really worked yourself for the oh, no, summer 16 bit. Oh no, this wouldn't be for picking tracks no, per se. No, no. It'd be playing them. Like I feel like I just like marathon oh, okay. a bunch of I platformers. There was a Days of Thunder, the movie, the game for the Game Boy. I think. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. They were licensed <laughs> games for like a dime a dozen at the time. Yeah, there it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, my yeah, cousin Mike, now. Mikey was is really into racing. He loves car racing, anything F one racing or any car racing. And he had Days of Thunder for the Game Boy, and it came with a multi tap. Oh, that came with one too, or it didn't come with it, but it was—it worked with the multi tap. I'm oh, okay. pretty sure because F1 Race came with the multi tap for Game Boy, uh-huh. but that's the only game I knew that did. Maybe Faceball 2000, F1 Race. but F1 Race definitely did. Oh, dang! David Whitaker did the music on the Game Boy. 
Um, yeah, I never really got the hang of it. Like a lot of the early racing games, especially when they tried to do like a fake 3D perspective, mm-hmm. it was too slow and get my young get my young mind feet. couldn't get to it. My racing games <laughs> of that era were well, what was it? Basically, Top Gear yeah. and Road Rash and then Motor Rotor. Those were my racing games, yeah, and everything else can just go away. Hey, Actually, don't go away. I'll play those. Two. What, what's your experience with the racing genre? Genre. Um, I think the first one, closest one I played was uh was um a. Uh, Cobra Triangle, but that was a racing game. Uh, it wasn't a racing game, but it was kind of like you know you had this you were in a boat, you had to speed through, and you had oh, to kind of okay. shoot through things and oh. avoid obstacles. And then at the end, you had to you were in like a Bermuda Triangle, had to fight like this giant serpent thing. Oh, I can. See it was that. weird, and you had to rescue people swimming around. But yeah, that was oh, I like that. my <laughs> first exposure to kind of like you know a quote unquote racing type game. Now you got and then of course you know off road, and then you know uh, Super Mario Kart at friends' house and stuff, and then you know. Um, Hang, hang, super hang on and everything, but yeah, I'm going to look this up later too because now you got me wondering if Cobra Command and Cobra Triangle were related in the in a, some like maybe the same developer or something like that. Like were they related? No, I think I want to. No, I think uh, Cobra Triangle was done by by Rare. I want to say I could be wrong, but I, for some reason I remember it being because Cobra Command was like Data East. Nah. Well, I will tell you right one. now, it was developed by Rare. Good memory, AJ. Yeah, look at that. Damn. I always got this confused with um, River Raid, which is more of like that vertical... Fun fact about River Raid, it's literally the only video game my dad will play, aside from Streets of Rage. (laughs) Of all the hundreds of games he would play, those are the only two he would play. River Raid's awesome, though. But yeah, um, uh, um, Cobra... He got an Xbox... I just wanted to mention... Mm -hmm. So, we got him an Xbox 360 for Christmas years ago. And the big draw in our eyes, like, okay, maybe he'll play like Teresa Rage Two on the uh, on the Sega Ultimate Genesis Collection or Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection. And his first thought when he got the system was like, it "Doesn't have River Raid on there, does it?" <laughs> <laughs> like, Dad, no, no one's talked about River Raid in decades. Ah, I don't want to take it. Get out of my head. Well, there's a new uh, Atari <laughs> system that maybe uh, we'll probably have it on there. I can see him now trying to play like you don't even know how to play video games anymore. You got rusty. He's like, I ain't get too rusty for River Raid, boy. Sit yourself great. down. Yeah, so great. I was just gonna say, Cobra Triangle had like a, kind of an isometric view to it, and a lot of like the rare yeah, it was, titles. It was, the was interesting. Was yeah, and then I think they also did another one called uh, Captain uh, Captain Skyhawk Silverhawk or something. Oh, no, Captain Skyhawk. That's Skyhawk. what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. And yeah, that that was another one I had, and that was uh, I think I could only get through like the first two stages, and then after that, it was just like I couldn't figure it out. It was so weird. Sometimes that's all you. The need, music though. was really it's, good. It's that vibe oh, yeah. of trying to get through the stages. <laughs> that that title track was really good. So often, it's just the title track, right? Um, David yeah. Wise. David Wise on Captain Skyhawk. Yeah. Wow. Published by Milton Bradley. I remember when Milton Bradley published <laughs> titles that weren't Monopoly that related. Were, exactly. Because then I said pretty much their whole, their entire corporation is Monopoly. Yeah. I remember... Um, seeing, oh, no, no. Let me take that back. Before someone catches me, I take that back. Parker Brothers is Monopoly. Yeah. Milton Bradley. I don't even remember what games they've done anymore. Oh, wow. I'm going to say... Sorry. Parcheesi? Well, maybe at least sorry. I feel like maybe they did. <laughs> that was just a statement. Sorry, Parcheesi. Cripes. It's sorry. All right. So I'm going to turn this over back to AJ. AJ, what you oh, got for our me. next track? Yeah. All right. So the next track we got is A Man's Karate Way, Part oh, there 2. There it is. That's Reiji the Oyama's theme from uh, Power Instinct 2 or uh, Goku Gokitsutsuji something rathers too on the arcade composed by Toshikazu Tanaka 
I I have been looking forward to listening to this track again all day. I know long. it's Go so it's so ridiculous and so good. I love it. I deep I gotta feel. I feel like we picked a track from Power Instinct before out on a whim. Oh man, have we? I'll I'll, I'll check well, it during it. the break. But we gotta listen to this track. Oh, this is too too good. Listening to A Man's Karate Way Part Two, the theme of Reiji Oyama from the game Power Instinct Two <laughs> or Goketsuju Ichijoku Two, composed by Toshikazu Tanaka. I think this is for the Sony PlayStation. Maybe it was a port of an arcade game. Yeah, as well. So I yeah. think this one is particularly from the arcade version. Yeah, it sounds it sounds kind of arcade yeah. for to and, me. Yeah, for and I reason. just like I forgot to totally read down the whole name of the song because, like I said, I I just wrote these down like right before I turned on. You know, got him with you guys because I totally forgot to do it earlier. Oh, that's all right. I'm going to be singing this like all into the night. Like, bah, 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 I know. Bah, it's bah, so bah. good. It starts. I know. It's been in my head all day, too. What's so interesting is that it starts off like completely yeah. different. Like, yeah, it starts off how like uh, how it does in the first game. Yeah, and, it's, but it's just um, a little more, and then it gets into like that really kind of like just funky. Oh, so this oh, so opening, like, this opening's from, from the first game. game. Yeah, Jinx. Now you can't speak till somebody says your name. Rob, Rob, excellent. <laughs> and so, so this, so Power Instinct Two is literally like they were like going to do like a funky New Jack Swing remix of the original. Music. <laughs> yeah, all the yeah all the themes like for the characters and stuff are remixes of the themes from the previous game, basically. Oh, that's so that's clever and, then, and hilarious. And then they do that they do that with like the other games. Like I think there was another one that was released after this one. 
or something that did the same thing, but there was also the first time I played this game, the series was Matra Melee. Wait, 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 wait slow down. Wait this is a part of the Matra Melee friend or Matra Melee is well, a part Matra, of this Matra Melee is like Matra Melee is like a kind of like a sequel to these series of games. Wow, that, now I'm okay now because I that's why I'm, that's why I know the name Power Instinct because the chan chances are the guy who introduced me to Matra Melee told me that factoid and I forgot it. Because I yeah, love natural melee. The way you the same introduce these people, like plus some characters guy, from a from a <laughs> well, I don't raging dragon. I'm no, sorry, my uh, friend Bob. No, no, it's just like the guy who told me about natural melee. Like imagine like you like like walking through the woods to go, man. <laughs> you want to see this really weird <laughs> SNK game? And I look back for like sure. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, like, Pernell, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> it was like to yeah, tell like, you about. <laughs> Matra like Melee, <laughs> which happens to be part of the Power Instinct series created by Atlas, released on the Neo Geo MBS systems. There was like a weird combination. There was also a game. That, so Matra Melee, the character I most remember in that game was like this, like this girl who had like a like a red outfit. And she had to fall with a hammer, and she was also yeah. in another game that got released as an import. Where it's like a isometric 3D like scrolling game where you're going upward at an angle and you're whacking people with a hammer. And I actually own the game, but don't know the name of it because it's in Japanese. Mm. I bought it at the time and then probably forgot the name of it. Um, but yeah, like I do enjoy Matcher Melee, so that's likely where that reference came from. Didn't yeah, really. No, uh, none right. of the none of the themes are in the game in that game though. Like it's all just like music that's uh, set to the stages. Were any of the characters in that game from like, like all? Yeah, all the characters are in there, plus some from like uh, this game called Raging Dragon, which was like a uh, like a weird fighting game based off Double Dragon, but oh. like you know took like its own spin on it. It's weird. I'm gonna look this darn game. Like, we'll see. Oh, look at that! And then there was like, yeah, yeah and then there was like another uh, another um, Power Instinct game released after the like the very last one, which is like even more ridiculous. It has more characters in it, and the music is just like, just as like insane. Wow, if not more so. That is amazing. Like this is a whole world of fighting games I've never like fully yeah, explored. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like they make, like I said, they're making fun of like kind of like you know, all the fighting games that were coming out after like Street Fighter Two and stuff. So like the main the main character is this hundred year old lady, like Omo Gokutsuji, and uh, and her her uh, her uh, the main villain and slash rival is her sister who wants to um, like you know beat her because you know she's been better at everything all her life. So it's it, and it's yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. So like again, it all fits together with like the light hearted. Um, jokey um, fighting game stuff between Metro Melee yeah. and Powered Instinct. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, Pranel, are you ready to introduce your next track? I am, but while the track's playing, I want to keep looking because i got to find the name of this darn game that I actually own. That's what's killing me. I own the game. A game the name that Pranel actually owned? <laughs> we're gonna, we're what gonna, is this blasphemy? We're going to see it like on on uh, Facebook or on Discord sometime tonight. You're going to be like, look, I found it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, but this track yeah. comes from the game Thousand Arms from the PlayStation 1. I feel like that's just the era of wacky tunes for me, I guess. Um, oh, this yeah. is the well, fun. A lot of wacky stuff on PS1. It really was. Um, and this track is it called The Fun Battle. Um, I should bring up who the darn composer is, which I'll tell you when I come back from that, too.
Welcome back. You're listening to the fun battle from the game Thousand Arms from the PlayStation 1, composed by the Atlas Sound Team. So, also before we get into the track, that game I was talking about on the previous track is called Purikura Daisakusen, and I do actually own it, but as you just heard, oh. that you can tell, totally tell why I don't remember the name of the game, because the heck with remembering that name. But you were, you were oh. running around with a hammer. You're running around with a hammer and an isometric 3D board. It's a shooter. Oh, no. Um, so, or, a, you know, like a shooter, like a, like a space shooter type deal. Anyway, this track is not from that game. This is from Thousand Arms. And uh, I, from the moment I heard it in-game proper, way back in the 90s, I was a oh. I was enamored with it. I love this track. It primarily played when you fought like the joke boss Bandiger, who fought you with an umbrella <laughs> or I guess parasol. <coughs> but I'd also fought in times like like I think I want to say it fought it played when you fought like some of the ghosts too in the ghost house, um the Damashi. But uh, the overall track, I well the game at first originally back then the game came with a like a sort of like promotional OST disc. Mm-hmm. This track wasn't on it. Um, when I eventually did find the official OST, yeah. this track wasn't on it. Like, I could I not it. find this track. I, can, I see it on, on the VGMDB.net, a great resource for anybody interested. It's actually called the Thousand Arms Soundtrack and Multimedia CD. Mm-hmm. As, was, huh. as was the style at the time. <laughs> the style at the time. Because it came with like oh. a bunch of like JPEG images and stuff, too. Like, oh, And also... I'd like to throw out there if you're wanting to listen to it through like the actual audio file, like the .pc at PSF, look up Josh W. Like the Josh W. Um, like it's like this whole art like site of like all these raw files just there. Josh W. Just look up Josh W. PSF, and there's also SSF and the DSF, like all these consoles, all the way up to like 360. Like they're all like streaming audio stuff. Also, oh my god! You know, you have to send me that later, Rob, because I'll check that out. Yeah, no, this is like if you can't if you can't find it on VGM Rips or um, like you know SNESmusic.org or any of like the other like major um like uh you know music video game music sites that have like host like the raw formats, that's the site to go to. Josh W. Also, Nintendo, don't listen to this episode. Also, um, uh, (laughs) Cage Insider, (laughs) Kingdom Hearts Insider. Yeah, if you want those MP3s, for some reason has a. And then and then uh, and Zofar's domain, if you trust it. I don't know how I don't know how safe it is nowadays, or if it's still okay. Well, they they don't have any composer information, or a lot of times track track names. So I tend not to yeah use them so frequently. Yeah, but if you're look if you're hard up hard pressed to find the music, that's a that's another place to check. It's a good last ditch effort. It is. But like yeah. yeah, this I was extremely happy to eventually come across this track one day. I don't even know when it was. It would have had to have been like the mid two thousands, late two thousands at least. Two thousand zero zeros. What do we call them? The zeros? Uh, some people call it the aughts. The, the, the aughts. The aughts? Yeah, like nineteen aughts six. That's twenty aught. Nothing. <laughs> There's 20, no yeah, aughts. So like the, it's the early aughts. The twenty tens. We're already like able to say the mid twenty tens. I've said it a few times, and it's weirding me out. Yeah, but twenty tens is twenty tens. Two thousand ten to two thousand nineteen or twenty twenty or whatever. But. 2000 to 2009 is like this that the window aughts. of like there's no tens it's like just blanks mm-hmm. the, two, the 2000s <laughs> that doesn't feel right to say so way like, back in the 20 aughts <laughs> the there was aughts. a time when fear was not so rampant in our country oh no it was there <laughs> oh no <laughs> it was really there that no. was when it kicked in oh, yeah. yes. but uh but like i feel like this track always just takes me back to that fun time and the thing about thousand arms too is that I feel like this is an example of a game that totally tries something new in the JRPG and RPG structure. 
and it didn't quite take but I would like to see another developer try it again because it was a really cool concept where you had a party of like three players, mm-hmm. but only the lead person battled. The other two people supported that person. So like you might have a character starts okay. cheering for you, like, go, go, go. And it's like your attack power goes up because the person's cheering for you. The other person starts like making raz faces at the enemy so their <laughs> defense goes down and they get angry. And it's just like just weird stuff. So, like so your other characters are always only ever support. They just support. You can tag in and tag out like a wrestling team. Like you can tag in and they switch into the front and they're covering the Oh, dude. okay, okay. But you're always supporting one other person. Yeah, only supporting the one guy. Yeah, the lead. Was there was there a shared health pool, or do they all have their own HP? They had their own HP though. Okay. That was a large okay. part of the tag in feature too, because like if you need to switch out for health, you can like, hey, you go. But then the okay. downside to it, like the way the system ultimately didn't work, was that all people ended up doing was making the main guy just really juiced up, and you oh, just yeah. you just went through your roster okay, of summons okay. and then just use your normal attack. I had nauseum. So it didn't get to do with it, but I feel like that there's still much Did to mine say, from that concept. Nauseum? It is a really inter- unique idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I feel like that's the kind of stuff that I wish developers were trying to look into, and they're like, "Hey, it's that game you liked, but different." Like, <laughs> like I just uh, there's a game I'm reviewing. I can say it now because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be off embargo. I'm reviewing a game called Monarch now, and uh, so their whole shtick was like. Based off, of, like, you, you love the guy's favorite from... There's a correction. It has people from the team who made the original Shin Megami Tensei games. So you're going to love oh. it. It's a new school JRPG. And I'm like, okay, don't say it like that. That just sounds terrible. Oh. But I get where they were coming from. And even playing it, I'm like, okay, I, they're clearly going for Shin Megami... They're going for Persona 1, Snow Queen Quest, and Shin Megami Tensei if with their narrative here. But it's been done before. Like, nothing about this is new. You know, I've done this. Oh, well, of course, the battle system is kind of cool. And I'll talk about that on an actual review. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> what they did was, like, they were just hitting old notes. Notes that have been done before and are still being done. You just play Persona 5. You pretty much call still considered kind of like a school RPG because you spend most of your time in the school talking to other students and crap. Like You did. I did not. <laughs> I spent like, my time sleeping and making coffee. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Your dude was caffeinated. Sleeping. Yeah, he was. That's, that's why you coffee, kept that SP up, though. Not making friends, that's my perfect day. Well, he kept I don't want to go outside. <laughs> I don't want to deal with them no more. I just want to go and fight the final boss. That's yeah. going to take 60 hours Wawa. or more. I, I, play, yes. I, play, I play that game as I live my life. Make no friends. <laughs> Isolation. Rush the boss. <laughs> Isolation, battling bosses. You get really proficient with all of the abilities that no one cares about. Boss, hey. boss battle iso- isolationism. Hey. There you go. First of all, coffee healed SP and bread heals HP. Yeah. So in your face, yeah. useless goals. Those are very useful goals. Yeah, but all the normies were out there ranking up their personas. <laughs> well, yeah, because persona ranking is awesome. But also the girl played Shogi, and I love Shogi. No, that so, was cool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that she was, was cool. a, she didn't talk to a lot of people either. Should have had a kindred spirit and Shogi kid. I know, and, and in keeping with that spirit, I didn't visit her that much. <laughs> I knew she wanted she wanted her privacy, so I, I left her. I <laughs> Um, all right, so my final track is going to come from um, another fantastic RPG um, from Konami. Uh, this is called Ooh. the Tiny Toon Adventures Wacky Sports Challenge. I wonder how stat building worked in that game. Oh, yeah. This is a freestyle skiing from Tiny Toon Adventures Ooh. Wacky Sports Challenge for the Super Nintendo, composed by Jun Funahashi and Minaku Matsuhira. And this track is specifically for Pranel. I know he'll like it. Ooh. 
Happy special boy. This is Freestyle Skiing from Tiny Toon Adventures, the Wacky Sports Challenge for the Super Nintendo, composed by Jun Funahashi and Minaku Matsuhiro. Happy special boy. And if um, you couldn't tell, I picked games with the word wacky in them. <laughs> you wacky, wacky boy. Yeah, I wasn't sure. If, like you, you commented in our in our chat that you like you know you said wacky, like you know whack. Yeah, so I thought you were going to go with tracks that were about whack. Oh, like like whack-a-mole, right? That would have been yeah, because I you know yeah. I. Yeah, but also I figured you'd probably do wacky, like things with wacky in the name too. But well, I mean, admittedly, yeah. this is a topic I felt even when I was picking my tracks, it was it felt challenging to me. Not because such tracks don't exist or anything, because quite the contrary, they're out there. But I don't it's know just what it is choosing the one. Yeah, choosing the ones, like and remembering just what game it was in. Like sometimes yeah. it's harder than you would think to be like, hey, what crazy game had wacky themes in it? But I actually haven't played it in twenty years. And but when it clicks, it clicks. And oh, that's, yeah. I kind of enjoy doing that mining. That's to me, that's a large part of the fun. Yeah, you love like digging back into your brain and like finding like the <laughs> games, mm-hmm. and then going back looking at the games and then researching mm-hmm. that. And I, I kind of go the other way around, where I go into your brain <laughs> and I ask you, "Hey, man, have you played this before?" No, I just I look at the soundtracks and just sort of like pick them apart from there. You're There's digging lots. through the bins. Yeah, yeah, I'm digging through the carts. Digging, digging through the carts. Have you seen that documentary? That little mini documentary? Yeah, it's really good. But really, what do they really call good. it though? But, it. but if you were like at a record shop, what do they call it? That was digging through the bins, wasn't it? Digging through the stacks, or yeah, digging through the records. Oh, okay. Uh, digging, digging through, through the, the crates. crates. Digging through the crates. There we go. That's yeah. why I meant to say yeah. you're digging through the. And crates. actually, 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 that digging through the carts is also what kind of, that little documentary is what inspired me to want to do my little trip to Japan back in like 2015. Also, really? Yeah. Well, actually, so it was a combination. So. Like before, I went on my backpacking trip across the country. I have my buddy um, Dan Trudeau. He's uh, in this. He has this music project called Pregnant, and him and another buddy were like, you know, doing like a duo thing, and they were going all over the country. Then they did a tour in um, in Japan, and then they were getting ready to do one in UK. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go on a trip. So I got a backpack. I got myself ready for six months, and then went on a six month backpacking trip across the country. The next year, I was like, I'm gonna go to Japan for a month, and I did it. And I saw some of the places I saw in that little documentary. I was like, okay, oh, this cool. is cool. Yeah. But did you dig yeah. through the carts? Did you do some digging? I did, actually. I went I went to the Super Potato. I went to the All Akibara. I went to Den Den Town in um, uh, Okinawa. Or not Okinawa, Osaka. Did you find any buried treasure? Or was it more like, I can't read any of this stuff, but it's fun to try? I didn't I didn't, I didn't. actually buy anything. Like, I didn't buy anything in the shops. I didn't, like, bring any, like, um, memorabilia or anything. Mm. only thing I found was, or brought, was, like, this little, uh, Little, like one of those little cell phone trinkets that I found on the ground that I guess like some 
you know, schoolgirl lost or something, and it just says May. It's like a little weird cat thing with a heart that says May and has wings and stuff, and it's nice. hanging in my kitchen right now. Nice. Oh, yeah, I like that's pretty cool. Little little uh, mementos of a trip that aren't exactly like you want to get, but like yeah. reminds you of that time really specifically. Yeah. yeah. And I actually used this little diary that I got from my buddy for my U.S. trip, and I used it to collect all the stamps at the different JR stations in different places that because all over Japan, like there's places that have stamps. And you can have a stamp book, and you just stamp it. You're like, I got it. That's actually kind of cool. Like, yeah, like, like kind of like a collect yeah. them all. Like, so they're like, all about to go to different places. I mean, they're yeah. all they're all about collecting stuff. They're all about having like hobbies. Like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, I, cra- it's, it's, it's a amazing. good thing to have. Cause, I mean, believe it or not, we're all about collecting here too. But it's more oh, of the yeah. emphasis on the spending to get it, <laughs> less the actual experience. A yeah, of, a lot of times, unfortunately, yeah. just spend more money and get them all. <laughs> I'd rather just collect stamps that are given to you at cool new locations to visit personally yeah and also honestly it's kind of cool that you were able to make that trick so i've never been to japan i keep telling us i want to go yeah closest i've come is vicariously through my nephew and he did end up at a super potato yeah. but the he ended up was like hey uncle party i got to do this really cool game while i was in japan <laughs> and he brought it to me and it was mario tennis so a part of me was like oh great <laughs> this is a game i have in english already but the other part of me was like my oh, nephew man. thought about me enough to buy me a game from super potato i don't right? care what it is yeah. this is yeah. awesome and i still have the cart oh man i'd be so yeah i would definitely go through all their mega drive games i wonder what they yeah, no, i wonder what i got i feel like for me it'd be all about turbo graphics and um, yeah. the turbo cd games oh yeah yeah, I mean, like, Super Potatoes, like, all like all the floors are, like, set up for, like, different systems, like, you know. There's a whole, there's a whole huge, like, floor, just probably all just TurboGrafx games. Oh, I'd be all just in Just for them. you, Purnell. Waiting for you, Purnell. Me just and my broke self, because I hear they're pricey as all get out oh, over there. Sure. I bet they are. They, they know. I mean, like, they, of course, it's it's a shop yeah. like that that respects and understands the, the games and the, and the titles. They also respect and understand that there's a collector's market of visitors who love to travel into Japan yeah. for game shopping, and they yeah. milk them. Though, I'd like to make a cool note is that um, before you know, before I went on these trips, I knew about... Have you heard of Gimmick? Yeah. Like, like a game little, gimmick? Uh, motherboard, yeah. No, no, not, not the game gimmick, but like the little device gimmick, which like uh, you can slot hmm. in different sound chips and then load in like the VGM files that actually play through like the actual sound chips. No, no, I've never heard of that. Cool, but um, yeah. okay, so um, yeah, I knew about this thing. I was like, I want to get these, one of these things. And then when I was in Dendan Town in Osaka, I actually saw it at a shop. They had it all like just set up, like showing like the screen, like the computer screen, like the Neko Player 2, then they actually had the the gimmick having the everything run through it it was playing rants 4 from the pc uh like nec pc mm-hmm. and then they showed all the different chips that you could like uh, slot into it to play through That's and like- it was like so cool to actually see in the wild and then when i went Impossible. then uh, in a uh, akihabara in another little shop like little hole in the wall shop this guy had this thing he was creating called rebirth which was like the same idea but except instead of just one chip at a time you could oh. do like up to three how's that in one segment we both said that you said the word pregnant and rebirth in the same segment <laughs> that's pretty random i don't know it's it's just good but yeah no i got to see i got to see these things in the wild and he also had a turbo graphics playing um uh oh geez what is it called like jj and jeff Oh, so that like the game. Japanese version uh, of what yeah, the yeah, Japanese yeah. duo like in the background. So it's like that. Dun, dun, was it, was it Japanese? Dun, it was like Kato and Ken. Dun, dun, dun. Or... Yeah, Kato and Ken was the uh, the Japanese like comedy duo version of it. I yeah, I remember that, but I'll take but it. it. It was so cool. My brain yeah, it works was so a cool little. just to see that. Every time I see JJ so. and Jeff, I think DJ Jazzy Jeff. But there's no Fresh Prince in <laughs> that no game, fresh though, unfortunately, game, not at all. Well, not I'm a gonna, single rap. I'm going to turn this track down all the way down, and we're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus 
round. <laughs> the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme, the wacky, wacky tunes of Rage Cage. AJ, what do you got for us? All right, so the the uh, bonus round I got for you here is, well, the bonus round I got here for you today is called <laughs> Turtle Wank, remixed by Not Nays, which is a remix of Sewer Surfing from Ooh. Turtles in Time. Now. <laughs>
That was Turtle Wank, which was sewer surfing from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, was it four? Turtles in Time, which is four, yeah. Turtles in Time. Or Hyperstone Heist. Hi- oh, Hi- Mega, Mega Drive as oh, well. Oh, that's but, right, yeah. Still but this is particularly from uh, Turtle in Time. Turtles. And that was- Those uh, wretched turtles. <laughs> that was arranged and performed by Nas, or Nase, N-A-S-E. Really amazing track. Thank you for bringing that to us, because it's just, it's yeah. so many different, like, it definitely fits the wacky tunes um, idea of like changing oh, yeah. instruments and changing tones. It was kind of like the first, like kind of the reason why I poked, chose this topic because, you know, I was doing the OLR that episode mm-hmm. and I was going through all the different remixes and stuff. And I came upon that one. I was like, Oh, I want to, I'm going to use this other one, but I want to save this one. And Oh, there we go. Yeah. I got Robin Purnell. Want me to come on? I got it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way we come up with a topic is like, well, I have this one song. Where can I fit it? We'll make a topic around it. It's a good way to go about <laughs> yeah, things, yeah. too. I mean, mm-hmm. always just cause you're like, it can be anything. Like the last topic was literally just me ta- making a taunt at a game. Like, wait a minute. That's a topic. Yes. <laughs> this exactly. taunt is a topic. Oh, so. yeah. Speaking of topics, um, uh, I listened to your Nintendo show, like, you know, tributing oh. to, to Gil Asuna. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something that you said in there, like, you know, it was an episode idea I've, I've been having for a while I was going to do, but now I'm going to do it for my next episode, which is going to come out after this one, oh. when you, like, after we're done and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm going to leave it a surprise, you know, dun, dun, the only dun. clue I'm going to give you is, the only clue I'm going to give you is that it's something that you mentioned in that episode, so you got to either look through that episode or uh, wait. You do realize I've mentioned, like, a gajillion things a minute, let alone <laughs> oh, yeah. an episode, that's, that's right? Why it, that's why it makes <laughs> it so fun to, for you to figure it out. I am the king of tangents. That's yeah. become my actual nickname. <laughs> tangent man. All right, Tangent man. What's your what's your bonus round track? All right, so in this case, this is less about a weird, wacky track and more just a track from a wacky game. Um, so the opposite of like what you did where you're like all wacky Ooh. games. I'm like, this is wacky game finally now. Um, this is from the game Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. It is a cover Ooh. of the Weedo Town theme. Oedo Town. Guido? Com- um, covered Guido by Town? Lloyd the Hammer.
want to do that. I like living. Thank you very much. Living in Oedo Town, located in Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. This was a cover of that track composed by or covered by Lloyd the Hammer. Um, I, well, for those who don't know, Goemon is a beloved ex-franchise that Konami used to do before they went cuckoo bananas on Pachinko. Um, I <laughs> love NFTs. these games. They're so weird. Those like nasty, nasty. Like was it? I try. I feel like I want to say he's actually based on like a mythical figure. Actually, I think Goemon himself was a mythical, be like I an think actual so, figure. Yeah, yeah. Like, the actual character. Yeah. Um, Ishikawa Goemon. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. He's pretty much based on that Goemon figure, but it's take. But it takes place in like old Japan, and it's always a bunch of weird, wacky adventures that he goes on. He fights with a pipe and eventually a yo-yo. <laughs> uh, the games are just bizarre. Like in the case of this game, the original Goemon sixty four or whatever, um, you're fighting like a pair of aliens who are trying to inject magical dance into Japan. Love it. It's such a weird game, but it's so fantastic. I love it. It's been a while since I've played it, so I'm definitely getting the narrative wrong, but the last level is called like the Mystic Magical Dance Castle or ma- Magical Musical Castle, and <laughs> it's freaking great. Uh, I can't speak un- highly enough about how great the Goemon games are, and if you like humor, yeah. oh, you're up for, well, for a treat. If you I love one this. So we the Town theme is so lighthearted and, and just fun. Yeah, like yeah. this track is actually like I guess it's like a variation of the game's title theme, mm. which is Go Go Gar Go Goemon or something like that. And I used to sing this in grade school very often. Like we would just be walking down the halls, like just singing it in Japanese, my friend Anthony and I. And uh funny enough, when oh, I was listening man. to the cover and I realized that this track was a variation of that track, I started singing it in the kitchen. <laughs> it, it just came back to me. It all like fits in your brain. Yeah, it's still that. back there it's somewhere. Amazing. It's amazing those weird little things that just come back to you. You don't think about them for maybe possibly decades, and all of a sudden, just one little thing triggers you, and you're just singing your heart out. Yeah, I think I feel like I'm also just in that mindset. Like this week, and I'm probably going to start randomly Facebooking it or whatever. But like, I just got in this weird habit of like wanting to listen like the music I listened to in like early college, the days of Napster, essentially. When yeah, we just like just building this massive music collection, and nobody cared because it was still Uh new tech. And I just have like I still have the old CDs of like Pernell's dorm computer music. Um, so <laughs> I I've been like, a, I found a CD that you made for me from like years and years ago. It was like you made like two mix CDs. Yeah, remember yeah. we used to do that? We used to give each other mix CDs. Yeah. Like, I missed that concept. I was listening like letters to Cleo, yeah, and of yeah. all the things, friggin' owed by Creed. Like <laughs> it's the only Jeez. song they wrote that I liked, but I listened to it a lot. And wow. it, when I booted it up, I was like just came back to me i started singing now here here's some music that i'm hoping maybe you'll remember this is from the game sonic cd did you play any of sonic cd oh yeah all right this is yeah. a wacky workbench i love that that's what it was because like is i this, bet it's wacky workbench it's wacky workbench now, now is this the u.s version or the japan version uh this is japan. i believe this is the um remix version this is remixed by um uh a group uh, called sir jordanius <laughs> Sounds like a knight is a uh, is the rapper I guess and um Halk H A L C a really awesome oh I know track. I think I know this I yeah you I see that you see that name oh yeah yeah track. yeah okay this track is called Whack Ass Work Shifts I know what this is holy crap yeah this is really good this is um Sir <laughs> yeah. Jordanius and Halk remixing Masafumi Ogata and Nafumi Hataya man mm-hmm. 
Been working at this lame factory oh, the past yeah. three years. I feel you. Getting tired of this BS. Give me some of that chaos control, man. Let's show them how it's done, house. Oh, yeah. Let's, Let's do kick it. it. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Come on. Basically, 
55. That was the song Whack Ass Work Shifts. Don't get me started on that whack ass song. Which is <laughs> a, a remix from Wacky Workbench from the game Sonic CD, composed by Masafumi Ogata and uh, Fumi Hataya, arranged by Halk and Sir Jordanius. Danius, oh. Danius, Danius. I loved that remix. It was actually yes. pretty good. I like the vocals. I just love that he's like putting all them shifts on that work, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I just I love it like when when people like there's there's so many like heavy metal remixes or acoustic remixes when someone like just does something completely different with something. Yeah, I love I love these guys' like production. Like the production of the remix yeah. itself is just like all their remixes are just like so like like attention to like these little details, Lots all these weird little like little little like things that are going on like you kind of catch it the next time you listen to it and the next time you listen to it you're like something else what it does help that i feel like the sonic cd ost more so the u.s one than the japanese but both really um did a lot of different things to put their sound oh, that yeah. other games just straight up mm-hmm. didn't if you listen to the u.s like the howard what was it howard drossen the his, yeah. his always his ost for sonic um, CD. Oh my God, it hits some seriously good notes. Oh, he's a great composer. Yeah. Like honestly, I, looking back on Sonic CD, back in the day, it was like this mythical game that you couldn't get a hold of because it was hard to find and pricey. But then when it got released officially on consoles, me personally, I got it. It didn't click for me like I did, like I expected it to. It was kind of like eh, Sonic Two it's, is it's better. A weird. Yeah, but, it was like it was like the in between between like Sonic One and Two, wasn't it? Yeah, and like the design of the levels were just very like they were more like Sonic One than Sonic Two. They were extremely convoluted and janky. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't exploration you couldn't really the time spot. travel stuff. Yeah, but like the problem was like you couldn't really find a route. Like yeah. later no. Sonic games from Two and up, they were designing where it was like there's like multiple routes, but you could spot routes to to hit and keep your momentum going and mm-hmm. all that. Whereas yeah. Sonic CD was just like, here's a wall, hit it. Here's a spring that leads to some spikes. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna go up, and then you're and gonna then die. You're gonna go yeah, right. It was like you're it was gonna like, go up. You're gonna go left, and then you're gonna go down, and then you're gonna go right, and you're gonna go down, then you're gonna go left. No, up, but but that right. would be fine too if the momentum was retained as you were doing all those wild right, yeah. direction yeah, changes. A, a lot of those like it's just, spots were like it's just traps. Like stop. Yeah. yeah, and then the icing yeah, just, on the cake of like what the heck was that? With the time travel mechanic, you had to hit the sign and then hit a speed similar to the DeLorean, mm-hmm. taking rock into the past or the future. But you had a small Going window of time to, to pull it off. Sick it was like, PCM music. Yeah, or if you could get there, because I always would get the darn spinner, but then always crash into a wall when I'm trying to yeah. get my speed up. Wow. There was lose no all good your, place to all do your it. sparks, boy. Freaking Sonic. But, <laughs> but the music in the game, regardless of how oh. I felt about the game proper, the music was a The banging. music was rocking. And yeah. these remixes all throughout this bonus round. Sonic fantastic. boom, Sonic boom, Sonic boom. <laughs> I was not talking about it's that. Like, that was just so cheesy. Oh, no, but I, I bop to that to this day. <laughs> I will bop to that when I'm feeling you, glum. You have a love of Sonic music. I really do. Yeah. Like, Jin Sanoe, when he came on board, he really kind of hit me on a high. Mm-hmm. But even the classic stuff, like, it was just, it always hit. Like, yeah. I even quoted, don't hate me for this, but I even preferred it to Mario's OSTs. Like, no front. No, I, I totally get that. Oh, it's I, a different, I don't blame you for it's that. A, it's a pop music style oh, as opposed to like a classic it's that, Nintendo. It's like mm-hmm. that uh, early, that early nineties J pop. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that, then and then it, there, then went to New Jack Swing mm-hmm. when the when the Americans got their hands in there. 
Yeah, and then when you go into the the, the, the later 3D versions. where All the Chisinau rock. Yeah, all that rock music. Well, anyway, for more information on the bonus round, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to SoundClouds of Bandcamps and everywhere. You can download the music and support these amazing artists. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah. 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 And on the wacky track. All right, thank you everybody for listening to our show, episode 31-7 of Rhythm and Pixels. Our wacky tunes with our guest. Wacky ass tunes. Special guest, Rage Cage. AJ, Howdy. thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you guys for having me on. It was a welcome to have you it on. Was, um, yeah, no, it was, this is this is fun. This is great. Kind of get me jazzed for having like you know having guests on, like bringing my own buddies into my show, and then even ha- eventually having other podcasters, you know, pulling from like people in the Discord, you know, getting you guys in. Possibly, oh yeah, you know, grabbing Martyrus. I want to like you know pulling maybe even Bedroth, like you know all you guys. Once I figure out how to get that all set up. Yeah, especially since we're all so far away from each other, it's kind of it takes a little bit of extra um, coordination, um, uh, uh, tech, maybe a technical side to get things together. But um, but yeah, yeah, someone someone talked on the Discord about having like a, maybe a monthly podcaster like, roundtable. That was definitely martyrs. Yeah, yeah, that's a and great yeah, that idea. martyrs that brought that up. The challenge would be again organizing, getting everybody like together. That. Yeah, like I, who would be the one to record it all? Who would be the like or like the one to actually manage like the putting it all together unless we like pass it off like you know we all record our own tracks and then we pass it to whoever well you would definitely do your like, record of own <laughs> tracks because imagine i mean because i can tell you right now we did the uh well i was on indie guide in that show had about five different people were going there recording at their own stations mm-hmm. and initially the host tried to just record it all on his end the problem with oh. that is if one person's audio screwed up you lose the entire episode essentially oh like, yeah yeah because everyone's on like you're recording all at once right yeah and this in our the way i do it is it's much easier to have just one person on the other end because now i have yeah. three separate but sources then, yeah but then it comes down like if you have like up to like six people like you're gonna have to deal with like like six or seven separate things and you gotta edit it all to like kind of fit together just oh. right and be like that's a lot of work that's a lot of work that yeah. i'm ready to do well if you get the this is just me postulating because i don't know this stuff mm-hmm. but i always, always assume that as long as you can do like a sound test to make sure that the sound is good, yeah. right? You can be like, okay, so everyone started recording now. You take all the audio tracks, slap them together on the program, and do was like a like an audio like balancer where it kind of matches them all to the same general wavelength. Yeah, you can you can normalize it. I, I do a lot of manual yeah. manual stuff with uh with what I do. Well, we're getting like really weird technical stuff. <laughs> anyway, what, what, yeah, I, yeah, what, yeah. what I'm envisioning now as we're talking about this is to do maybe a monthly or twice monthly program where I interview other podcasters. So it's still like kind of a directed, you know, one-on-one kind of chat. You could do that. Less about music and more about the people involved in, 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 in this. In the scene. This hobby. Yeah, yeah kind of like their, their takes on like the VGM scene or like the community or yeah, like how, yeah, how exactly. they got what, into it. and Yeah, what inspired them what, to their, their taste, do it. Like their particular taste in it and what they, they like to bring in and present. Yeah, I, I think that would be a really good idea. But um but yeah, definitely getting into um, the idea of just encouraging more people to who are if they're interested at all in the music, to seeking it out, and if they're interested in sharing it, to you know go and try doing their own thing, whether it's a YouTube station or whether it's a podcast, or whether it's a Twitch, you know, stream, just anything to 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 get involved to share this music with more yeah. people because there's so yeah. much out and there. There's the well is so deep 
you'll never reach the bottom. Yeah, actually, um, how the VGM how VG Emporium started was um, uh, I for a year or so I tried out uh, TikTok and I had Instagram and uh, I, I was just screen record um, that Modizer app with like the waveforms going mm-hmm. and stuff and you know just post like obscure tunes like you know share the video of it and I tried doing that and then you know just kind of like fell off and then you know that's how the, and then VG Emporium became you know the podcast so it's basically that but without. You know, trying to remember that thing, but now I have to remember to do another thing. But yeah, like, uh, so if you go to the Instagram and you see like just like all these little videos of like you know the songs with like the waveforms, that's that's what that's what started out. Oh, interesting. There, so yeah, like, like, uh, that was your first way of like trying to figure out how to how to record and share, right? Yeah, just yeah. like putting it out there, like you know, so people could kind of, you know, if people saw it and they heard the song, they're like, "What? Well, what is this?" You know, like it kind of maybe encouraged them to go find it somehow. Yeah. Especially, I tried to do that on TikTok, though. I think in that case, it was just like, you know, oh, I don't even want to talk about that cesspit. It was, <laughs> so, it was just like, it's just so bad in that place. I thought about doing like a Rhythm and Pixels TikTok where we just do like don't. little little VGM snippets with like dumb yeah. skits. I mean, you'll, you, would, you would reach like an audience, but like most of the people that would watch it or see it would just be like, you know, people that are just like scrolling through and they'll like, oh, this is interesting. They'll like it and then they'll just flip on like they just keep oh it's all about like scrolling like they'll watch like maybe two or three seconds or something and if they catch their attention they'll watch it and then they'll just keep scrolling like i see my sister do it i'm okay with that it's so bizarre (laughs) i put out content on the internet all the time that no one's going to pay attention to that's okay with me no problems there um, no but, problemo. But why don't you want to uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about the VG Emporium, about where they can find you and what the show is all about. Okay, so VG Emporium, it's a podcast. You can find it on all the different podcasters. So, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher has been kind of funky. It's only been posting, I guess, my most recent episodes. Mm. Uh, um, it's also on Twitter and Instagram. And then I've uh, connected it to my Rage Cage page on Facebook, which then you can also find me. Rage Cage on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I also have a SoundCloud where I have all my original music. Oh, cool. As well. What's yeah, your, uh, and then do you remember what your SoundCloud's name is? It's just Rage Cage, R-A-Y-J-K-A-Y-J. Oh, okay. So easy to find. <laughs> yeah, and it's all just chiptune music, like, you know, stuff I've made with either Deflamask or VGM Music Maker before ah. I found Deflamask. And it's yeah. all just like mostly Sega Genesis, you know, chiptune stuff. Yeah, Deathle Mask is a fantastic um, uh, writer yeah. to 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 write your own uh, Genesis music. And then, game. and there's uh, Aaron and Hickman, there's been a couple. The di- di- there's a couple other yeah, trackers. Right. There's a couple other trackers that have been born from it too. Like so, there's a Zoro tracker which is um, focused on the on the Sega Genesis, but mm-hmm. it's uh, focused on emulating all the different drivers. Oh. So like uh, you can load up a driver, and it'll give you like some like different functions that you can do with the with the sound. So like you know, like you can load up the particular driver that Tim Fallon used to make the music for time tracks, and you can use effects that are like related, you know, that could be pulled off of that particular driver. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, <sighs> a lot of the the music of uh, Matt Furness on the Sega Genesis is is oh yeah his only music, made possible because of the music drivers for the for the system. Yeah, well, that, so that's those, really those cool. Yeah. There. And then yeah, like I said, I yeah I do the VG Emporium. I make original chip tunes, and of course uh, I beatbox as well. As I don't I don't really sure. You know, I've kind of been sharing that more on Twitter a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I was, you know, mostly doing it at that open mic I hosted for so long, and that's kind of where my skill grew. Oh, cool! And uh, I have, I have a request to you guys. Um, right now, can one of you name like maybe like an old school track that you you'd like to hear me beatbox right now for you? Because I'm, 
I'm like a jukebox. That's like, that's my weird, um, kind of like weird ability is like, you know, I just remember these tunes and I can beatbox it. I can kind of rearrange it if I need to, to make it work. Yeah, all on, all right Ray on the spot. Of life from Madonna. Yeah. I don't know that. VGM boy. VGM <laughs> man. Oh, he wants a video I game don't song. All right. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. VGM boojuke box. The Kid Nicky theme. Kid Nicky. Oh, man. I haven't played that. Do the Mario Brothers theme. How about uh, Iron Mario Sword? <laughs> Jeez, try again. Or the Mario Brothers <laughs> Underground theme. Yeah. Okay. The drum rolls, yeah. <laughs> Okay, now do free bird. <laughs> that was really good. That was really Okay, God, don't do free bird. Don't do free bird. <laughs> Don't do free Fuck. Huh? That was awesome. Man, I love the drum rolls you can do with your tongue. That's really yeah, I, cool. Like, I don't know how or why it happened. It's just that, you know, in high school, like, as a kid growing up, I just made all these weird sounds. And then in high school, you know, I, I discovered all this electronic music. Started hearing, like, drum and bass and dance and IDM. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any previous exposure to beatboxing other than you know, maybe, like, a couple things I'd hear here and mm. there. So just like all these sounds I'd make and this music just combined into one thing and then hearing, um, like I said, an OLR, like that uh, Tom Appella thing, like one track, hearing him do like his acapella thing all together, made me think, can I do everything at once? And I just figured it out and it just happened. Hmm. There it is. Oh, I love it. And I love it. I love the beatboxing. Ah, thank I, love, you. I love hearing beatboxing anyway. The things people can do. Yeah. Things people can do with their mouths, Pernell. That's the next, yeah, that's, that's our next topic. <laughs> Crunch, chew, slip, slurp, blurp, mouth sounds. I don't think anyone wants to. I think there's an ASMR thing people like. Some people, people, maybe some people like that. Some yeah. People don't. Um, this next track is me <laughs> eating potato chips while playing Super Mario Brothers Three. Well, if you're listening to the show and you'd like to get uh, a hold of me and Pernell, um, if you'd like to uh, send us a topic suggestion or a track suggestion. Um, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode and all of our episodes and access to all the other stuff that we're doing, you can go to the website. www.rhythmandpixels.com. I totally went got, three W's. Got the triple W. Can't help it. WWW. Um, you got you to jack, jack in and stop the WWW, Moe. I do love Battle Network so much. <laughs> it, is, it is one of my favorite games. Favorite series. Is, no, it's got its, it's got its downfalls, but... I love it. And um, if you uh, check us on youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels, we have a uh, 24-7, uh, 8-bit and 16-bit radio uh, music stream playing there. It's a whole whole radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. 
Um, and if you'd like to support the show, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, there you get access to uh, prequel episodes. You get access to a monthly live streamed episode. And um, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels at the end of every episode. We have uh, Frankly Zappa. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we have uh, the number one. <laughs> He's number one. That's all they put down as their name. I don't know if it they was... Haven't, mis- they haven't identified themselves yet. Just number one. That's what they oh, put boy. in as their name. So thank you very much, one. <laughs> uh, num- number one. Uh, thank you, uh, Kristen. Thank you, Mike Myers. Off person. Fashion 8060. Alex Messenger, the messenger. Alex, the messenger, messenger. Yes. Of, of, <laughs> messenger, a, messenger. of the podcast AVGM Journey. Thank you very much. Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Steenerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The wise guy. Yo. Christopher Sandstrom, <laughs> Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, which they asked us to help them out with their April Fool's episode. So oh, get, they're good. Boy. They're getting way ahead of that game. Uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Thank you very, very much, Dr. Michael Bridgewater. I will say that every time. Michael Jennings, Rage Cage on the show. It's you. Whoa. Oh. Thank you for helping okay. support our show. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, very yeah. Much. You're welcome. Uh, Reinhardt Silkova, Romancing Sagat, uh, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and then finally, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. 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 I will be Embassy? Uh, actually recording my show with him tomorrow night, and uh, so that'll be out, I'm assuming, in March sometimes? Sometime in March? It's February now, isn't it? It somehow still is February. Still February. So I think uh, the March oh. episode, um, I will be joining the Embassy and VGM uh, Nation. I don't know what it's called. You're going to the. You're going to the. I don't know. You're going through customs. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got to get my passport ready to go. Check that out. So I'll be on this show. But thank you all very, very much for your continued support of our show. It means a whole lot to us, and it really helps pay for all of the. The, the, the hosting, the equipment, everything that, that needs to get done here. So thank you very much. Tis appreciated. Um, all right. So that's all I've got. Is um, is there anything new coming down the pike from you, Rage Cage? Any, any, uh, can we give any previews from new topics coming from you for your premiere show? Well, let's see. Well, like I said, I'm this next episode that's going to be coming out after this one um, is going to be a surprise inspired by the your previous episode, the mm-hmm. Nintendo one. Um, I have one that's uh, planned to... If you're familiar with like uh, Sound Shock, the uh, like the FM community, uh, like FM Funk Madness, FM Funk Terror, FM Funk Nirvana, like that whole thing. Have you heard of those? Uh, funk Vana. I have not, but I'm interested already because I love FM. Yeah, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do an episode about those about that trilogy of albums that came out because they were like pr- kind of influential to me. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna be doing one kind of focusing on the, all the expansion chips of the Famicom. Ooh. So I'm gonna be having like a track from each different sound chip that like you know had music made with it and everything. Um, um I've got I've got a few other ones, you know, and of course you're gonna be meeting a couple of my other uh, curators, employees. I'm not sure what to call them. <laughs> At some point in the future, you know, you already met Donatello. He's, I kind of like I kind of like um, employees. I mean interns. I call them the interns. You know, <laughs> they're there. Like you know, they're they're there. They're working. They're they're helping to curate their specific genres, like their style of BGM and stuff. You know, they're helping cool. me out. I love it. And uh, you're going to, like I said, you'll meet them. Meet them every once in a while. Uh, Employee yeah. of the month. 
list. <laughs> employees, employees of the month. Of the month. That's, a good <laughs> That's what it is. I love that. But yeah, so I'm, I have a feeling that maybe you're going to be meeting uh, Donatello's cousin at some point. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. yeah anyway. His cousin is the reason why he's working here. <laughs> so that is the VG Emporium. Check it out where all great podcasts can be found. Um, I want to thank Rage Cage for coming on the show. Thank you so much, AJ, for being oh, thank here. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you for having me on. This is, this is awesome. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thank you for listening to the show. We'll see you next week. And remember, good night. Good night. Um, well, I don't know, like, the idea of this episode being like, you know, wacky tracks and weirdness that comes with the concept of wackiness. Um, I do know that generally there's like a more of a insane or a incentive to kind of ride the norm train, you know, kind of not stand out too much, fit in. Yep. Um, and of course the unfortunate side effect of doing that is that we lose a fair bit of originality to things of the, the extra spark that makes people kind of cross their eyes and go, what the heck did that guy just do or say or sound or whatever. Um, because again, generally due to this whole sense of normalcy, no one wants to stand out, but Sometimes it's the aspect of standing out that makes for the most impactful introductions, the most impactful engagements. Uh, it just makes everything that much more special and unique. In a world of sameness, it's the wacky and weird that really make the biggest impact and are most generally remembered by people who need something to kind of shake up their day. So, hey, nothing wrong with being a little weird, a little dicey, a little whacktastic. Just don't be <laughs> criminal, basically. Just be weird. Be yeah, your wacky don't. weird self. Let the world know that you exist and you're freaking awesome in that way. Just don't be a menace. To society. While drinking your juice on the hood. Thank you, everybody. Or the birds. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood. Oh, Yeah, come on, give us a